On today's episode, we discuss minivans, the new Ford Bronco, esports, and trading cards. All that and more on this episode of For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self driving cars. You're listening now to For or Against. So turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Robbie Silver, Mike Winan, and Courtney Mueller. Thank you all for joining me today. Thank you. Hello, Michael. Glad to be here. <laughs> That's what the script says, everybody. You should have all said that. <laughs> Glad to be here. Okay. Oh. It has uh, been a week since we last recorded, and Courtney, it's been two weeks since we last uh, were talking. So what has been going on in your life? Uh, Robbie, let's start with you. Oh, man, I don't really have a specific update. I just wanted to say I'm so grateful. It's been dawning on me this whole coronavirus season, but I'm especially thinking about it now, how grateful I am to be able to be with my one-year-old daughter on a daily basis. And just like she's at an age now where she like we play together. Like we, there are things that we do that we're, she knows what we're doing, I know what we're doing, and together we're having fun. And it's just like this miraculous thing and so to be able to have all this time right now has been a very big silver lining and i'm very grateful for it very cool is there anything specific that you guys do like do you have a game like a specific one well just like the let i mean we have a lot of things but just the last couple of days she's she loves running she doesn't quite do it on her own yet but she'll do it while holding our hands and it's like her favorite thing is to run but now she likes to run from one end of the room. So if Lexi will be on the other side of the room, she'll run to Lexi and just like land in her arms and get all giggly and kissy. And is she walking run. on her own? Uh, while holding our hands, she is. Okay, got it. And then she'll run back to the other side of the room and then she'll run back to Lexi while holding my hands and just like do it all over again and giggle and just melt into her arms. And it's just, it's just one example, but it's just, it's the, it's the best. It is adorable. That's definitely a silver lining of this coronavirus work from home. If you have a young child, you're getting to see those milestones that you probably would have like heard about from the daycare provider. Yeah. And it is so exhausting too, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's worth it though. It, I'm very grateful. Very cool. Courtney, what's going on in your life? So I got some exciting news that I shared with you guys privately. Mm -hmm. um, but my boyfriend asked uh, me to move in with him. But actually, Ooh. now that I take a look, he did it formally because he knows I'm extra. Because he knew, like, just saying, hey, you want to move in with me, like, just wouldn't suffice. Because we're late <laughs> in the game. So you got to make everything exciting. You know what I mean? Like, you right. guys have three successful marriages. There's kids around. You guys Someday. run to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exciting. I always run to my wife. <laughs> I figured as much. We're not running folk, but you'll see. Um, but he did write a note. It says, Dear Courtney, will you and Guido, which is my dog, uh, move in with me? Circle one, yes or no. But it doesn't have his name written down. <laughs> so, so it might not be him asking. So, but That's I did, funny. I, I was like, is now, did this... he mail that to you through the U S postal service? Here's the thing. He's just like my father. He thought that would be a waste of a stamp. So <laughs> he looked up a stamp that said it and found the two cent stamp. And he's like, Oh, it's just my two cents. And then he hit up my mom and said, did you go get the mail yet? She already knew this was happening. And my mom announced and she goes, Okay, I'm going to go get the mail now. And I'm like, All right. <laughs> I, Gloria Mueller, am out and to she, get the mail. <laughs> Perhaps there will be something ready. for you, daughter. <laughs> no, honest to God. And she came back. She's like, well, nothing for me, but here's a letter for you. And leaves the room. <laughs> this happening. Um, anyway, that's exciting. And I'm nervous. In your shirt's sure so not a ruse. Out by uh, your parents. They're, they're just not setting you up. Uh, no, they get, definitely... Tanya, you get out of the house. Yeah, get out oh, of here. Oh, please. <laughs> they, um, since they met him, they asked uh, me to get the hell out of the house. They, they didn't send him a similar letter from you that said, can I move in? Yes or no? It, All right, that's our new podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, they it's sent the a... mafia ties that we have, and he uh, he 
ran. So uh, <laughs> we're good. Very excited. Right. When, when is the big day? When are you going to move? So doing some renovations on the house. So as soon as it's less insane, I, but I want to live the insanity with him because I feel like that's a big test too, where you're like in combi- confined in like one room and all your crap is everywhere. I feel while like you have to- with a global pandemic. While quarantine through, <laughs> yeah. Then we'll know test. if we're going to be good for the long haul. So <laughs> well, cool. after a kitchen is done. Awesome. Mike, what's going on with you? Um, so I've been trying to stay fit, um, and running as much as possible because I've been drinking as much as possible (laughs) during this, um, COVID, um, experience that we're all going through. Um, and so I'm trying to balance those two things out and I got a calf strain because, uh, that Ah. happen if you keep running. Um, so I'm sidelined for a couple of weeks. But it's like what is really a strain my, exactly? It's like the muscles, the just tear in the or? muscles, not the hmm. so ah. like a sprain will be a tear in the uh, in the ligament or the yeah, and then a, a uh, uh, this is a tear in the muscle. But but don't you tear your muscles whenever you work out anyway? Like if you're those if are you micro lift tears. Weights. Yes, those uh, are micro. This is a much this is painful. Macro tear. Macro tear. Um, Did you get this diagnosed by a medical professional or were you just on WebMD? I've had it before and then there's plenty of YouTube videos where they're like, does it hurt right there? That's what that is. Um, it's pretty common. <laughs> oh, but, but here's the thing. It's like if there's a the YouTube only, video on it. <laughs> yeah, then it's true. Um, I've, um, yes. They're pretty common, particularly people who are running. I was running like 15, 16 miles a week. So it's just about to happen. That's good. I thought you were going to say um, a day. I was like, oh my God, Fontaine. No. I think, is uh, that a thing though? Because I, I also have had a little injury during coronavirus season. And I too went on YouTube and, and self-diagnosed myself and self-prescribed myself treatment. I'm wondering like how much more common it is in the last few months than it was pre-COVID. Well, I mean, the, the thing is like I've been, I used to go to the gym and do a treadmill. My office had, had a gym in it. Um, where I would do after work and uh, be on a treadmill doing that and much safer. Um, but um, I really want to get out there because it's like my only way to, I've got some excess energy because I'm stuck in this house all day. Mm. Um, and so I'm very, very anxious to run again because I, there's, I'm not, I can't think of any other cardio thing I can do. Um, Elliptico 3C? No. Oh, come I am, back. But do I am it. looking at a Theragun or a Theragun. <laughs> Dude, I have off. one. You I have do? one. Yeah. Is it, is I, it worth I, it? I, I, yes. Um, but is you're it, not going to use it nearly as much as you think you are. Well, Just, I didn't think I was going to use it at all. I shat <laughs> on it for 20 minutes on the first episode. Yes. Oh, I heard it. I, I reached out to Patrick to say thank you for being four because I have one and speak for the little people. Who actually, it's the Theragun Mini, so you can fit it right in your purse. Look at you. Okay, I'll keep that that in mind. Mike Weiner, I have a question for you. Do you have real running shoes or do you just have like – Gen- general sneakers. I have real running shoes. Okay, that I replace every few months. Got it. So but, wow, I, that's serious. Wow. I too. But, yeah, have been running a lot. I have a very strange gait, as you as you guys know. I had I suffered a stroke some years back, and I'm I'm not fast, nor am I very uh, efficient in my gait. So I tend to injure myself. I, I, I don't learned, have any other choice. I learned during this quarantine, uh, similarly, uh, the, uh, something related to running. I've only like always had sort of like generic gym shoes and never like specifically for distance running. And I finally got a real pair um, from listener of the show, Charles Akasili's recommendation. And uh, he uh, pointed me in the direction of Brooks uh, Ghost 12s. And, I've got Brooks. Okay, I don't know if they're so, Ghost 12s. I don't know either, but uh, <laughs> they, they made a big difference in my running. Because like, basically, I would finish every run and be like, this, my feet really hurt, and now they don't hurt. So, uh, yeah. Well, Charles is, helps with the Glenbrook South um, track team or cross-country team, I believe. So I think both. It, if you've got any recommendations on uh, how to accelerate a calf strain, uh, 
healing process. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm sure he will. All right. So uh, before we get into the show, my update is that uh, we're living in strange times, as everybody knows, and they're getting uh, particularly stranger for me and a lot of my colleagues because the debate around school reopenings is uh, all the rage lately. And so um, I don't really want to get into my position on it, but uh, just sort of share. You that did after the airing of yesterday, for like an hour. <laughs> it's been really interesting just to sort of oh, see uh, what people's uh, feelings on this are. And uh, I'm hoping that in the next week or two, um, th- there's like uh, some decisions that uh, are, are, are incredibly obvious to us and we don't have to really debate about this. And it just, you know, works its way, you know, work works itself out. Can I, without, out you, without you getting into your own preferences necessarily, I'm curious, among the faculty and staff where you work, is is there a consensus of kind of what you all feel or are you guys kind of split between two different or three different options? So I won't speak for like the colleagues in my building, but I will say that um, you probably don't know this, but Twitter is a very um, active place for educators. It's actually a really useful way um, for teachers wow. to like do professional development. Most people probably wouldn't expect that, but um, a lot of school districts are not like the school that we went to. Um, it's like you might have one teacher that teaches science in the school or like you might be the one teacher that does X, Y, and Z for the grade level. And so um, Twitter is actually a really great way for teachers to connect and build a, a virtual um, professional learning network and share resources and best practices. And so I can say that um, much of EDU Twitter is um, – very concerned about going back to schools and mostly, you know, obviously there's like the health risks, but um, schools are going to have to, you know, try to abide by CDC guidelines. Mm -hmm. And so just social distancing means that you have to automatically um, go back to school with half of the student population. So it just creates all of these challenges about like how, how will you teach half of the kids in person and then half of the kids remotely at the same time, um, or not. And so like, there's just, there's, there's so many questions. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, there's like a, an obvious decision that is, this made that, um, makes resolves this, uh, this quantity. Well, yeah. And to your point, in. as a teacher, you need to get your game plan ready, whatever that reality is going to be. You need to figure, okay, I need to change the way I teach and I only have so many weeks to prepare. Yes. Right. And so all of those things are sort of looming over the heads of the educators of our nation. So, uh, you know, go talk to an educator if you haven't yes. yet and just sort of get a feeling for, for what they're concerned about. And then you'll be more informed when you are, um, you know, ready to have that conversation. At the same time, though, there is a very real need um, for schools as they serve as uh, the primary child care for a, a large percentage of our nation. Um, I do believe that there is a solution that could be found that allows socially distanced compliance um, education to take place that also um, factors in the safety concerns. But uh, hopefully we get there in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, this is a very big deal. But I think for now, let's bury our head in the sand for the next (laughs) half hour or so and talk about nonsense. Yes. Thank you very much, Robbie. That's a good segue because now it's time to play for or against. One of us uh, will present a topic. We'll analyze that topic and then we'll decide if we are for or against that topic. And we're going to start today with Robbie. Robbie, what is your topic for us? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's simple. (laughs) Minivans. They transport us. (laughs) They take us around. They take our families around. But they aren't necessarily the coolest mode of transportation. Are you for or against? minivans and i'd like to kick it off with courtney mueller in the house minivans what do you think um well i i support modes of transportation let's start there um a to b i uh, just to point out like for instance i'm going to be moving therefore i need to get a car of my own it's kind of growing up time. So I've actually been car shopping and car looking either to lease or buy. And spoiler alert, there's no way in hell that I'm ever going to buy a minivan, whether I have 600 kids 
sick. I don't care. Never <laughs> going to happen. And what cracks me up is like, if you look up just minivan, like Google it and you look up like news, one of like the first things that popped up for me was the coolest family cars you can buy that are not minivans. <laughs> like, it got so when me, you Google I, minivan, the first article is just, don't buy it a was, minivan. It was one of the first articles. It was like, hey, don't do it. Here's some cheap ones. Also, here's how to look way cooler. But I'm also, I'd rather get a minivan than a stupid, what I saw in one of the... Um, links was a bmw 3 series wagon so it's like a station wagon from a bmw like those are stupid i'd rather you get the minivan than a bmw yeah if you're going to get a station wagon just go old school get and it. get that yeah. big wooden volkswagen you know, the wooden box it was the best yeah. with the rear facing seats yes totally. that's when you won so i'm <laughs> against minivans all right okay so i'm wondering we have two parents here and two non-parents. I'm wondering if there's a division of, of opinion here. So I'm going to kick it off to McFadden. What are your thoughts on minivans? Okay. So um, I'm no stranger to the minivan. Uh, when I was uh, young, um, my family were proud owners of, of a minivan. Um, so I, you know, in high school drove around a, uh, a Chrysler, uh, I don't know if it was a Pacifica or I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, it was like the first car that, you know, gave me the autonomy to, you know, leave the, leave the, the nest and, and, you know, spread my wings. And so I've got fond memories of, of minivans from that era. A little bit later in my life, uh, one of the first cars that I ever purchased was a 1991 Dodge Caravan. And I bought this when I was working up north in Wisconsin. I've been uh, in that two, caravan. For $250. Um, it was such a steal because uh, the week prior to going on the market, it had struck two deer in the north woods of Wisconsin. So it <laughs> I had did not know that before getting into it. So thanks for telling me now. <laughs> well, it had severe body damage, but you know it ran like a gem. And so it was exactly what I needed because I needed a mode of transportation. It was function go. over form all the way. And That's so now, um, as Robbie alluded to, um, I've got a, a young uh, lad, my little boy, Jack. Um, and just today, we loaded a new car seat into our uh, 2011 Ford Escape, a sort of midsize SUV. And it was just really tight getting him in there. And so <clears throat> I could really see the appeal of having those sort of two middle row captain's chairs where you just sort of take a, a nice uh, leisurely step up from the sliding door. Um, I am for minivans at pretty much any time of your life. I think uh, I also started <laughs> looking at them on Craigslist and they're dirt cheap because nobody wants them. Now, the thing is, if you get a minivan, I think you should, like, if you're in a family, like if you're a single guy, you shouldn't have a minivan, but like if you're in a family setting, like what about a single probably, girl? Uh, probably mm-hmm. not. I don't know, unless you like uh, Double know, standard, a just house saying. painter or something. I don't know. But um, <laughs> you should probably balance the minivan with like something else. Like this is my practical yes. mobile. And mm. then this is the car um, that I would purchase if I didn't need the convenience because they are so good. They're spacious. Uh, some of them have vacuums built into them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. Let's just, they know exactly who the audience is. They know exactly is. who you're going, going to. Your kid's going to get goldfish crumbs all over the seats. Oh, just yeah. Ready Cheerios. For you. Cheerios uh-huh. everywhere. <laughs> you're going to have carpet lint gummy bears all over the. And so I am for the minivan. My spouse is not for the minivan. So, so I don't think that there's one in, uh, in our future. Although I have a feeling that. I don't think she grew up with a minivan and I think that if I can just get her to experience the benefits of the minivan, especially down the line, if we've got, if we have like another kid, like I think the minivan will start to look a little bit better to her. So I'm not, I'm not giving up hope. I think there's one in my future. Okay. So Mike, you did grow up (laughs) with minivans. Did you ever have, and I owned one personally. Yeah. I don't know why you would do that, but Courtney, you're, that's, you're against your own advice. You said a single guy shouldn't have a minivan. But he was, Courtney, <laughs> were you, 19? Like, like I established last uh, show, I'm a hypocrite. I will tell you what I believe <laughs> and do the opposite. And um, Courtney, did you ever have minivans growing up? No, family? we did not. Uh, we had a gorgeous Buick LeSabre. 
Um, that, that was like driving a boat and I wasn't even driving it even in the back seat felt like a little pontoon boat but um, never a minivan did I experience minivanage yes and I was like when Mike says oh it's a leisure jump into the captain I don't find any leisure in that activity it's always like oh I twisted my back someone has to sit in the third seat it's it's never I, it's just not sitting my, in the back row of the van is not ideal, but like it's not those, those middle row, especially like in those the middle rows are beautiful. The middle row the captain's, row. captain's a revelation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wyndon, let's kick it to you. What are you thinking about all this? Well, we've got on my zoom screen, I've got two parents on my left and me and, and a non-parent mm-hmm. on my right. And I think we're going to split right down the middle here because I am not, for the minivan. I will say this wasn't always the case because I do remember going to the 1991 Chicago auto show and uh, oh, yes. going around and thinking of all the, the cars that I could envision myself driving mm-hmm. around as a seven-year-old and really seeing, and it came down to the geo tracker because I thought I could put my surfboard in the back there. Really, really yes. go because the I, hard top or the soft top. Uh, I think it was a soft top. Okay. And then with Poor the one that, the, whichever <laughs> one that, that rolled over very easily and murdered you. I think that's why fun. I stopped making it. Uh, but the other one was a, was a Chevy minivan because I thought I could fit all my Legos in it. And I could like drive around. <laughs> How many Legos, Legos did you have as a child? <laughs> a lot, but I wanted more. So I, want, I wanted as much space <laughs> as I needed. So those were the two that, but I mean, there were, there were Corvettes and Ferraris there, but I was very interested in the minivans. Uh, but then I grew up and I realized that there's a whole line of, of SUVs that have lots of mm. space. Um, in Texas, I think you're required if you have a child to get a pickup for some reason. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will, will not be a minivan owner. Mike, I have a quick question for you. Um, and do you recall in your seven-year-old brain, did you have a scenario in which you would need to load all of your Legos into an automobile? I just wanted them to have readily available so I could drive over to my friend's house and have them all there. Okay. McFadden, it dared so, him to dream. It dared him <laughs> to dream. Okay. Robbie, uh, let's sit on this. So growing up, my family also did not have a minivan. And... There are, I feel like as a kid, at least for me, there were a lot of things that I picked up implicitly. Like they weren't stated out loud by my parents, but you kind of knew where they stood. And because of that, you're like, okay, that's what my opinion is too. And it was just implied that you should not drive a minivan. Like, is, that, is that implicit um, sort of inheritance um, why you feel the way you do about our friend Pat Lothian? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think I picked it up from you originally, but with, with minivans, I feel like growing up, I didn't like, I wasn't violently against, but I had this like subtle disdain for anyone that that had a minivan. Like you could picture who it was, right? It's like, like the girl in your class, Kimberly, it's her mom. Like, and like her mom, like probably has Tom and Meg. Tom and Meg, totally. My, my parents. Th- those are the perfect names of minivan owners who happen to be the names of Mr. and Mrs. McFadden. Or Barb and Scott. <laughs> exactly. These are great names of minivan owners. But you, you can picture They have this mesh bag of soccer Gloria, balls. They probably have John a cooler full of juice no. boxes. You know, they, they have the whole getup. And none of this was ever really appealing to me. And it just seemed like you're being a little bit extra. You're, you're going a little too overboard in the preparation of carrying children as cargo mm. and it's it's not necessary so now as an adult uh i have a ford explorer right now an american suv as wine and your texas compatriots would be very proud of and uh there's plenty of cargo space not for people but for things and for that i appreciate it so uh the last thing i'll say though as a parent in my older years i am softening towards minivans I get it. If I mm-hmm. do become Kimberly's mom and need to lug around Kimberly and a few of her friends, a minivan is probably the way to go. So understand it. But as a whole, I'm against minivans. 
Mike, if your man crush Elon Musk comes out with a Tesla minivan, are you there first on that it is. list? Oh my god! If if that happens, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. And you know what? I actually watched a video. There's this guy, Stephen Mark Ryan, and he does these videos about Tesla. And he has a prediction that they're working on a secret van because they're going to try to take over every single automotive sector. No kidding. I'm yeah, that would probably be really cool, by the way. I would probably be into a Tesla van, like cyber a Tesla Cybertruck, but as a van. Yeah. Okay. I'm for that, but that's a different thing. All right. Cool. Um, Courtney, uh, let's move on to your topic for today. Please introduce it to all of our tens of listeners. Happy to do so. So it's been 25 years since the last Ford Bronco was made. So Ford is bringing the brand back. So But even more so, Ford came under fire because they moved this global debut of the all-new Ford Bronco. It's like three different series from July 9th to July 13th. So it would not coincide with the birthday of O.J. Simpson. James Simpson. Thank you. Whose police chase after killing his ex-wife, allegedly, if he'll say. No, allegedly uh, not. Allegedly not. Yes, exactly, exactly, if I did it. Um, Nicole Brown Simpson, uh, Simpson infamously occurred in a white Bronco. So with all that said and done, are you for or against the iconic Bronco coming back in the streets after this marketing possible ploy? Are we debating the date of release or just the idea of the vehicle coming back? I feel like it's kind of open, but are you... Would you be comfortable yourself buying not only just a minivan, but a Ford Bronco, (laughs) potentially a white one, and potentially on July 9th, like they were originally supposed to do? I'm going to go to McFadden. Okay, so uh, in high school, um, this was before, this was after I drove my parents' minivan and before I purchased my own minivan, I had also a 1991 Chevy Blazer, which was like the main Mm. competitor to the Ford Bronco. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, history would say that I, you know, was more partial to um, the, you know, the Chevy brand. Um, But I really was quite frustrated by that car. I bought it from like a really shady, not even a used car lot. It was like a, like shady car repair, like place, like garage. They just like happened to be selling a car. And uh, one time in the winter, there was like this thing hanging off the side. And then I I realized that they had duct taped over a big rust patch. And then they had (laughs) painted over it with truck bed liner in order to like, but they, they created like a good uniform like look over it. And underneath the duct tape, there were Cyrillic newspapers, uh, Cyrillic spelling newspapers. And it happened to be, um, you know, a, a garage that was run by people who probably were able to read those Cyrillic newspapers. And so I have not very Wait, fond memories. What, what's a Cyrillic newspaper? So Cyrillic yeah. is like the language of, uh, is like the alphabet for like uh, Russian. Uh, Russian, Ukrainian. Oh, I think that. Okay. And so, um, so I was, uh, I, I, I don't have good memories of the Chevy Blazer. And so sure. I think I, I'm for the Ford Bronco. Okay. I also had a couple friends who had one. Um, I, I think that I, I was thinking a lot about, you know, did Ford do this intentionally? And I think hundred percent. Yes. Thank you. They must have. Now they had to, they had to have, how could there's like one in 365 days where this could have happened. It must have been that day. You just nailed it. There's one in 365 days. There's that's the chance. And it happened to be that. Can I, can I give my opinion? July 9th is a Thursday. And so like, who's going to make a big reveal on a Thursday? Like, come on. This, is this there a set, I don't know. Does the car industry have like a set day of the week where they reveal things or a set time of year? Cause that can narrow it down from 365 days to like maybe 12 days in the year where there are possible options. I'm just saying they, somebody at Ford knew and yes. the whole time they, their plan <laughs> so was wrong. pretend like they no, didn't know. He's a hundred percent right. Oh, because, so are because, you no, because by, no, by doing this, they are, <laughs> 
they're getting the good credit of being like, oh, yes. we didn't know. And so, yes, we're absolutely going to change the day. But they no. definitely knew. And also the Ford, the new Ford Bronco, I don't think is as cool as the old Ford Bronco. So I'm actually against the new Ford Bronco for old Ford Broncos. I think Ford did it on purpose, and I'm for that marketing play. Yes! <laughs> I think Lighten. it's brilliant. You're ready. <laughs> right. You're fired up. Let's go. You're fired up. <laughs> So I, I uh, reject your premise that this is one in 365 <laughs> days because they could have done it on June 12th or whatever when the murder happened. They could have done it on right. Ron Goldman's birthday. They yes, exactly. On Nicole Brown Simpson's birthday. They could have, I mean, you, it was a complete accident. They, they only have a certain number of days. They all come out in the summer. Cars do come out in the summertime. Yes. And yes. It was an accident. Well, and preach, then they noticed preach. it. So, like, literally any day you could go back. There's been a lot of days. There's only three hundred. A lot things <laughs> happen. A lot of things history happen on every single day. On every of the single year. day, things happen. But it's OJ's an birthday. The, okay, <laughs> but it's not Nicole Brown Simpson's birthday. Like, that's what I would have picked, <laughs> right? If you were going to be really controversial, Ooh. controversial, the or the day, or like the, the day he Bills. was acquitted, or the day he was arrested. Or the you know if you're really gonna do thank what you're you. saying, they would have done it the day of the rate or day no, of because the, this one. Well, thank is, you. No, because like if you but did like, it on the, the day of the murder, that's two on the nose. But oh, just okay. like yes. a very yes. significant day Citizen. in the life of the Jason. I'm no. gonna referee this. Hold on. You're choosing. You're not choosing the day of the murder. You're not choosing the day that he was forced to acquit. You're choosing the day that's celebrating the birth of this murderer to market no, alleged no. murderer. Well, in a civil acquitted, case. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. You know what I'm saying. So I just don't want to be sued for that. Anyway, he did it, and he even has like a little if in the if i did it in his book why are you for or against driving a ford bronco well, after here's all this? the thing is that like to mike's point the bronco so they stopped making the bronco in 1996 this yeah the, the chase for happened a in good reason like yeah. they were like okay we have to put up then they waited <laughs> a long time for people to get yeah. that out of their minds like maybe yeah. we can bring this quality car back and mike i think is on a very similar uh thought process that a lot of people here in Austin are because classic 60s Broncos are very in with the creative set. Like resto mods? Like it's be, they, Yeah, oh, it's yeah. because they look awesome. Yeah. Um, but They I do think look cool. Yeah. But I think there are some who think that if you're not traveling from your, you know, your single source Yerba Mate provider to your custom rawhide yurt maker, then you're not really an Austinite because you have those things. So they had a lot of cachet already, and that's why they're bringing mm -hmm. it back because people like Mike and, and people who are Austinites and people who are me, if I was had any kind of, like, the Bronco has cachet, they totally threw all of that out the window by accident. It was an accident. I'm for the Ford Bronco. It's a shame that it's going to flop now. Um, and, oh, it's already sold out in a few different series. Yeah, but it's probably jerks who bought it. Oh. <laughs> and there's only a finite supply. Probably triathletes who I already already pissed off. <laughs> Adventure <at>. racers. <laughs> All right, Robbie Silver. Okay, we don't need to beat this to death, but McFadden and Mueller, you guys are conspiracy theorists, and you're no, wrong. It was right. a coincidence. And it's like if you go to a psychic, and you're like, she's like, hmm, I sense that there's somebody that has the letter M in their name that's important to you. Like, yes, there is someone with an M in their name. It's like no. this. It's like, it could have, to Wine's point, it could have been his birthday, the day that the murder happened. It could have been the trial. It could have been Ron Goldman's. It could have been, it, no. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse. You guys are just wrong. It's a coincidence. Not a big deal. To the real topic, <laughs> Ford Bronco. I actually think it's pretty dumb to bring back the vehicle with the name Bronco because of what so many of us associate the Ford Bronco with. Right. I do think that the vehicle looks pretty badass. Uh-huh. And I disagree. I it looks, looks like a Bronco rugged. married an emoji and that's the offspring. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they are displaying the yellow version. So it does look like an emoji. You're right. There's About a, a mint year one. ago, amazing. about a year ago, Lexi and I were in Hawaii and we rented a Jeep Wrangler. It was Humble my first break. time. Yep, no big deal. Spent the weekend in Maui. Whatever. And we rented a Ugh. Jeep Wrangler. 
took the top down and drove around Hana Highway, which is like one of these scenic drives. And like you go on these small, narrow roads along the ocean. And it was incredible. I would not own a Jeep Wrangler or a Ford Bronco now that we have a one-year-old daughter. But as two people going out for like an adventurous, you know, weekend drive, it is badass. And this Ford Bronco reminds me of those good times we had a year ago in Hawaii. Okay. So I'm, I'm for the, the makeup of the vehicle. I'm against it being called a Bronco. Mm. If I didn't have a kid and if it was called the Ford, not Bronco, then I'd say, <laughs> hey, let's do it. Four. So I actually looked up a list of American horse breeds um, earlier today because I, f- I, was, I thought that maybe Is you can name it after a different horse. What's that, Mike? Never mind. Forget it. Okay. And I would like to <laughs> suggest that uh, they, they call it the, the Colorado Ranger, which is a, an American horse Ooh. breed. Okay. The full name of the breed is Colorado Ranger. Colorado Ranger. So Call this would the be Ford. the Ford Colorado Ranger. Maybe just the Ford Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> uh, Isn't, that, that's, they already that's have a Ranger. Ranger. Yeah, and that's, that's actually GT. a tiny little right. shitty vehicle. It's like <laughs> the Bronco. But or, yeah, if, Toyota. Toyota Ranger. Those are the. Oh, ones. is that what it is? Those yeah. are actually pretty cool also. <laughs> All right, then. How about the Ford Morgan horse? <laughs> now you're definitely playing Red Dead Redemption too. Okay. What other cool horses are there? There's not a whole lot of cool horses that are like specifically American. Missouri Foxtrotter. <laughs> when so I was in, uh, you are... When I was in... I was going to say when so I was Robert, in Little League Baseball. Against... Uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm against it being called the Ford Bronco, if that's okay. what we're going for. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Courtney, what was your, your stance on this? Um, th- I'm not going to lie. It looks awesome. It looks cool. There's a yes. mint one, and it looks awesome. I... I wouldn't, I hate camping, but I do it in that car, that type of thing. Um, I will say uh, to the point that McFadden and I were absolutely correct on, it was even <laughs> Tanya Brown, who is Nicole's sister, said, I just don't know if it's a good marketing twist. It didn't pass Tanya, so why would it pass us? So well, Tanya is also hyper aware of everything going on with this. So well, aren't not- we all after all of the news coverage and American Ford knew that Time that was story? part of it. They knew Ford that there'd be this it. outrage, and then and they could be- no, they didn't. They had some intern who was like, "Go look up these gates and make like, sure yes. that there was no genocides or something that yes, happened." Yes, I agree to and that. And they didn't look at OJ's birthday. But hear me yeah. out. I understand they didn't look up possibly OJ's birthday, whatever. If you didn't want to connect the dots with the Ford Bronco, infamously known for the white Bronco with OJ Simpson and this horrific murder, why would you say in your apology tweets saying uh, the reveal of the all new Ford Bronco lineup will now happen on Monday, July 13th. The previous targeted date of July 9th unintentionally coincided with O.J. Simpson's birthday. He said that. He should have just said, we are switching the date due yeah, to... Yeah, but then they would have said why. Unforeseen circumstances. The next question would be why. What yeah, you know, but he didn't have it to say it. To these days. It's, no, they, it's a... It's people a change things, you never ask why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a horrifically great and the worst type of way, way to market this car that has not been in our system for 25 years and it's a great way to get talking about it like we're doing we're doing exactly what they want us to do so mm-hmm. i'm against but, buying a bronco after this little plot twist i think what we've learned here is that courtney did. and i have an excellent mind for consumer <laughs> behavior and for easy marketing you guys you learned a lot from Russell Brunson. <laughs> yes, Russell Brunson. I will agree. Ford made a skeezy decision here, but the skeezy decision was to have their vehicle named the Bronco. Like they could have just had it be named something else. Ford, no Another Ford. thing. Exactly. So it just, it all comes back to the name and the placement. So it is weird because um, Ford is coming out with a new Mustang and it's more like a crossover SUV. It's all electric. And so it's, it's like totally departing from the tradition of the Mustang. And so 
why they chose to like totally come up with a new car and call it a Mustang and then come up with the same car and still call it Bronco. I don't know. Something's not right over at the Ford Motor yep. Company. Yeah, Let's go on to Mike Wine in here. I think we've uh, exhausted this topic. What do you have for us today? I've got a non-transportation automobile topic Aww. for us. Maybe we can move away from that. Uh, but um, we are still uh, deep in, in the heart of COVID. And, nice. Uh, <laughs> what was the clap? How did you not get it? Texas. Texas. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know songs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, we've been, Rob, I know you're a big sports fan, Mike McFadden, you've been, Courtney, you follow sports. We've been without the the 21st century opiate of the masses of professional sports for a while. We're mm-hmm. talking about restarting, but who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be shortened seasons. Players are opting out. Russell Westbrook got COVID somehow. Um, who knows if it's actually going to happen. I think he was outside the bubble, but mm. now he's got, he can't go there, in the bubble now. There's the problem with the bubble. People there's go outside the of it. The bubble. It doesn't really work. Not real bubble. Yeah. Bubble pop. So a lot of players are opting out. I don't know if it's going to happen. Football, we'll see what happens. So what's your topic? Um, my topic is <laughs> is inner esports or competitive video games, which have now been on ESPN and are, are kind of taking over that spot that professional sports has been taking. Now, before the, all of this, it was still already a billion-dollar industry, different games having multiple leagues, tournaments being aired on TV, filling stadiums when stadiums were a thing. I'll spoil the lead. I spent enough time on my PlayStation talking about Red Dead Redemption that it actually needed a replacement cooling fan. But I have zero interest in watching two 16-year-old players, people play Super Smash Brothers, and then uh win a million dollars whoever wins and then complain that one of them cheated but i'm interested are you guys because people i mean clearly i'm in the minority here based on how big these things are rob you're as keyed into to gen z culture as anybody uh, professionally are you for or against esports as a spectator guys are we that bored that that we've come to watching other people play video games with their thumbs and be entertained by it i get it it is a big business twitch is massive esports leagues are massive but there we live in an age even during coronavirus where we have more to do today more to occupy our time than any human being ever in the history of humankind before now. There have been about a billion books written. Go read a book. There are millions of things you could do outside. You could even play a video game. You could play. There are hundreds of thousands of video games you could play. Probably more. Watch a YouTube video. Learn a new skill. There are so many things to do. I am so against this, and yet I know that I'm wrong because there are so many people who are spending so much money and time on this, and I don't understand it. There's gambling. There's like, yeah, like people are very, very like, and there are so many other things that you can even just watch if you want to be a spectator. There are Mm. so many other things you could watch as a spectator. Watch the competitive hot dog eating contest. Watch people play chess. Watch, like, what, learn to play chess, whatever it is, like, but watching video games is, like, is already fairly passive to play a video game, but to sit back on your fat ass, eating cheesy poofs, drinking a beer, and watching somebody else be competitive with their thumbs. Oh, against, against, against. How about you, Courtney? Wow, that was passionate. Um, so, there's two things. I'd never watch it uh, myself because it, it just even, it just reminds me of like going to that friend's house and they didn't have an extra controller. So I was stuck watching everyone else have like a gas playing like Mario Kart. And then when I had the chance to play, I would just lose, especially against my brother who just won all the time at everything. So it, it was just was 
And there's nothing more boring than what, other than golf, I would say, watching golf. And I'm sure some <laughs> of you guys like it, but watching it on television, it like makes me, that makes me violently angry. Violently like, against. Like, like how you say, <laughs> like, Robbie, are we that bored? But on the other side, I did hit up my cousin Connor because you sent that link about colleges offering about $15 million uh, a year in scholarships uh, and tournament team prizes. Homeboys for esports gamer, teams. That's a varsity e- collegiate uh, thing now. Well, yeah. Okay. So thank you for doing that. Um, so I hit up my cousin Connor, who's going to be a freshman at Babson uh, this upcoming fall. And I said, do it. And then he said, I'm not good enough. <laughs> and the fact that this is <laughs> an issue is amazing. And so, and then I read in more and I saw how he could like have sponsorships and make a boatload of money. And he's like, he's working his, his ass off at, what is it? Uh, Grubhub and making like 10 bucks an hour. Instead of that, get sponsored by Red Bull and you're like set to go. Go That's back to Beavers. Yeah. So, you know, there's... I'm against. I'm not going to be a spectator. Uh, is it bad that after my impassioned plea for being against, I have to admit that I very much enjoy watching golf? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mike, what are you, they're different things. They're, they're definitely different things. Different things. What we're talking they're about. not. Mike, what are your thoughts? All right. So I'm going to have a slightly <laughs> different perspective than most of you because I, um, uh, after graduating college, went back to high school professionally as a high school teacher. <laughs> so um, I've, I've had my eye on this probably since 2008 when I got my first teaching job. When I, um, as a computer teacher, you know, every now and then there'd be a, a moment to spare when the student has finished a project and there's a few minutes left in class. And I noticed that students were watching YouTube videos of people playing video games. And I was like, what are you doing? And why is this entertaining to you? And love it. At the the time I didn't (laughs) get it at all. I still don't. um, I can't empathize with the appeal, but I can understand that it it is, that it is something that um, young people um, seem to like. And I think this more than anything else that I can think of is like the generational divide between elder millennials and Mm -hmm. younger millennials uh, slash Gen Z types. And um, it's just, I I don't know a single uh, contemporary of mine that has any desire to do this. And yet it is a multi-billion dollar industry. There are teams that are like professionally sponsored and owned much like, you know, the ownership of any other, um, you know, sports team. There are trading cards, which we'll get to in a second for these teams. Um, one of the most famous um, esports, dare I say, athletes uh, actually grew up in uh, Grays Lake, Illinois, just a few towns north of us. Um, so if you ever heard of Ninja, that guy's from our, you know, little neck of the, the, the country. And there's and, a uh, controversy with him. I'm yeah. not familiar with it, but I think uh, there are frankly, several controversies. Agreement. Yeah, yeah. They've got you know they've got the backstories and stuff, just like professional sports and 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 uh, drafts. It's I drafts. It's yeah. No, it's, it's a real. Drafts. It's a real it's a thing. thing. So I here's know. my. So here's my I, I really do it. agree that I think it's like we'll go just ahead, go to Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm fired up. Go ahead. My my thing on it is I am for this because even though I don't understand it, it's clearly something that has, you know, gripped the imagination of of this you know, new generation. And I don't want to be that one to be like, you know, kids these days, I want to support it. And um, I also think that a lot of, you know, the the workforce is going to change, you know, automation is going to displace, you know, countless numbers of jobs. It's like, this is an example of a type of new emerging job that we never would have guessed um, is going to, to emerge. And so, and we're not just talking about like the esports athletes, we're talking about the entire industry that surrounds it, the event organizers. We're talking about you know, the person just selling hot dogs at the stadium. We're talking about uh, the broadcasters. We're Wait, talking there's about actually a stadium. There yeah. are stadiums. Absolutely. We're talking oh, like the biggest massive. stadiums in the world. So one of my uh, former students actually competed in South Korea this past year on an esports team. Like it's a real thing and it's happening. And oh my god, is to, he a to, legend? I don't know anything He's about the world. <laughs> <laughs> and also our game. high school that we uh, all graduated from, they have an esports team. And so uh, it's of a course thing. They do. I'm for it. 
Um, I don't really get it, but I'm for can it. Can you, as the as the person I know closest to people of this age, can you yes. wager a guess as to the appeal? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like anything. If if you're into um, if you're into a hobby, if you're into something, like you want to consume information about that hobby. Um, and then also I think there, there's a, there's a number of things going on. I think sometimes it's just like, um, you know, uh, it's like junk food. You're just like consuming it. You're not even hungry. You're just doing it because the Cheetos bag is open. Um, mm-hmm. but then also I think sometimes the, like the, the best Fortnite players, like, know how to play and you can watch them and then you can improve your skill much in the same way that like you might emulate Michael Jordan's techniques. You'll never be as good as him, but like you can work on, you know, the, the fadeaway jumper and you can try to, you know, incorporate that into your game. So I think part of it is like trying to emulate the people that you admire and the thing that you're into. Um, and then also like, you know, video games are exciting. I'm not a video gamer myself. Um, but like, you know, there, there, there's, you know, a dopamine release, like it's exciting to play a video game. And so it's just like the next thing is, is watching somebody play that video game and seeing them, you know, snipe a shot from really far away or, you know, get a kill or be on the verge of dying and then somehow fighting off everybody else. I'm speaking very generically because I don't even know what that would be. I'm thinking about how like we as sports fans revere historical events that happen. Like, Remember in the 1920s when Babe Ruth called his shot? Remember when in 1998 Michael Jordan hit that the, the final uh, championship-winning shot at the buzzer? Like, are we in 30 years going to be saying, remember when Ninja hit that <laughs> like, you can... imaginary? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, yes, yes. Yes. It's insane to me. Like there's going to be a, a, there's going to be a time in the future when somebody is having a tear-filled nostalgic memory where they oh, were watching God. an esports competition with their grandfather who is now departed. And it's going to be the, the <laughs> tie that binds is like, yeah, my grandfather, you know, he he wasn't really able to to do a lot but we were able to play Fortnite together. That is going to be a thing. And so for all the reasons that you like the things that you like, uh, esports uh, is popular and it's on the rise and it's only getting bigger. Can I ask a question real quick, Wynand? Yes. Yeah. With um, with esports, remember growing up, they always had like cheat sheets and the cheat moves. Yes. Are those applicable to these championship expo no, they've games? No, they've gotten rid of those. In fact, there's really? tons of controversy about people using like cheating there's performance enhancing drugs like because people use adderall and stuff and and like it's part of what makes sports as we have known them so athletic sports Uh um is the (laughs) drama around them i talked a little bit about it when we talked about wrestling a few weeks back Mm -hmm. where the drama around regular sports you know about like oh is this person going to start or are they going to move to a different team because you know, they're upset with the way they're being coached. Like that's all mm-hmm. still there in esports. Like they have all these controversies, that's which is crazy. why I think it's gonna stay. Um, I will say I, I am think- against what ESPN has been doing by just having like regular basketball players p- play like NBA two K. Yeah, because they're not good at other. it. Yeah. And so like there's <laughs> there's no skill here. There's there's something about like I'm not yeah, I'm not a good dancer. You guys probably know that from having um seen me dance at some point in your life. Um but like I have grown an appreciation for dance because my wife really is into dance and watches all sorts of dance shows. And so anytime you're seeing somebody perform at peak performance, there's something admirable about that, it's, even if I'll it's say that it's true. Right, Mike, were you for or against this? Do you have anything else? Uh, I am against it, but I don't, just like you said, I do not want to be the old man um, saying, get off my lawn. I'm just very glad I'll be dead before those people become. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Become what? Like it's because already when popular. Their when are you dying? They, when their grand, when Gen Xers are, are grandparents and explaining when they saw a ninja in his prime, I won't be there to hear that very, conversation. And that's not so very, bad for me. Thank you for sharing that. All right, I want to move along to our final topic today, which is um, trading cards. And so mostly, um, you know, you probably know them as like baseball cards, but I don't want to limit it to just the sport of baseball. It could be basketball cards, football cards, hockey cards, soccer cards, um, even like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, just trading cards in, in general. 
um, were really hot when we were young in the sort of early 90s, um, which historians now refer to as the junk wax era. Um, but <laughs> sports cards are now making a, a sort of a, a resurgence. The, their popularity is, is emerging again. Um, I can speak to why that is the case if you're interested, but I just want to sort of hear your thoughts on, um, on trading cards. And is this relevant to you at all? Have you heard about this um, or, or is this totally off your radar? I'd like to start with Robbie. Um, well, yeah, as, as a kid, of course, we had baseball cards. Uh, I didn't really trade baseball cards, but I had some packs of them. Um, I had pogs. Is that a thing? Like you would trade pogs with friends. I think, I think what I, I think do pogs like is more like the beanie baby. It's just like a fad that came and went and yeah. like trading cards. There's always been a community of trading card, you know, collectors. There's like, there are companies like PSA. Well, they were, they will grade, you know, the quality of the card. And if it's got a little, you know, bent corner, then it like, you're going to get right. stocked. And, but if it's a perfect 10, then it's, you know, in mint condition. Trading cards about- weren't, they weren't my specific thing, but I think for the reason that I made such an impassioned plea against being an esports spectator is the same reason why I'm for trading cards. I think there's something nice about having a physical, tangible good that you can then socialize over and you can share something with a friend and, you know, hold it and, and review it and share it and trade with it. And just interact with each other in the, in the real physical world, which again, maybe I'm that old man saying get off my lawn, but those are the types of things that it's like, we live in such a world where it's so easy to be almost completely virtual, especially now during the time of coronavirus, where all you really need is uh, an internet connection and a device. And you can do 98% of the things that you need to do in terms of entertainment and work and socializing. And so to have something to bring you back into that physical world, I'm very much a fan of. So I'm for trading cards. All right. Very cool. Um, Courtney, let's go on to you. I couldn't agree more. There's a, uh, I never collected cards. I was the beanie baby fanatic for sure. I got all the teddy bears. I don't know if they were legal or not. Um, but I do remember like watching my brother and his friends trade amongst each other and like my uh, brother begging my parents, you know, for us to get another packet of whatever, um, to get. And, um, it was just kind of fun seeing the interaction of them, like almost being like many old men getting nostalgic about this particular player and the move they did and the plays that they performed and how incredible that would be if, you matched my Jordan to my Pippin to my Frank Thomas to X, Y, and Z. It was very neat to um, see that interaction. I think we desperately need that kind of connection. Again, that's kind of what we're missing, kind of to Robbie's point. Um, Myself, personally, I don't collect, but good news, I've been cleaning a lot and I found all of my brother's old stashes and I'm meaning to not tell him this and just sell them myself. So if anybody is interested, let me know. Uh. Anyway, totally for it. <laughs> All right. I, I hate to break it to you, but it's likely that those cards are worth nothing because uh, the junk wax era earned its name due to the fact that the baseball card industry printed millions of cards in the 90s, making uh, the, the supply incredibly large. They used to be wrapped in wax paper, hence right. uh, junk wax. And so um, those probably aren't worth much unless you have like a rookie card of an iconic player. Like, uh, you know, like if you had a Michael Jordan rookie, that might be worth something. So you might want to scour through them, but chances are. Oh, honey, uh, I'm you, in you front of the game. Much. I can look that up myself. I'm going to make quick buck. I need some monies. <laughs> All right, great. Michael, what about you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you made a great point, Rob, uh, to the uh, tactile experience that we still need uh, this day uh, and age, which we don't have a lot of. Um, and I think I'm a fan of collecting, but I don't collect stamps. I don't collect coins. But I understand those just as I understand um, collecting cards. I think you can connect them to a period of time. I collect, as you can see on my wall on, on the Zoom here, I collect 
uh, coasters from bars that I've been to in in places around. Oh, that's what the world. those are. Yeah, that's what those are. Oh. And I've got some on this other wall here, and some on this wall. And, so cool. Um, yeah, because they're colorful, they're free, it, they're weird languages, <laughs> but they bring me back to a place that I've been. Um, and those cards, I think they do the same kind of thing for people who are like, oh, I remember this player. Am I ever going to hunt down a Giovanni Soto rookie card? No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Um, but it's not for me, but I, I get it. Um, so I am for. So there's, a, there's an aspect of this that I don't think we've talked about that I want to bring up. Uh, you guys all sort of talked about like the nostalgic you know, aspect of trading card collecting and then also like the... Um, sort of the, the idea of something physical and tactile in this everly, uh, ever increasingly digital world that we lived in. Um, the reason this has become on my radar is because um, the, the, one of the reasons that the hobby of sports card collecting uh, has um, sort of gained in popularity is because there's real money to be made in these cards. So I have one example. Um, so I didn't get this card because I'm interested in it, but oh, you can't see it. There we go. Okay. So I've got this one card right here. That's part of the tops 2020 project. And the tops 2020 project took the 20 most iconic baseball cards in history and then had 20, um, uh, present day uh, contemporary artists reimagine what they could look like. And then um, every day they release two. And so there are going to be 400 cards as part of this collection. And um, I had learned about this because a student of mine turned me on to this sports uh, graphic designer named Tyson Beck. And so I learned that he was a part of this project. And um, so I ended up getting one of these cards. My older brother actually bought it to me because coincidentally, he had also gotten back into trading cards just to, because it's yeah. he, He's like a, uh, he's a, in the like finance world. He, he's like a trader. And so like, there's actually the sports card um, market is very similar to like speculating on a stock. Like if you think this player is going to have a good season, that card mm-hmm. is probably going to go up in value. And so anyway, I got this card and like, to me, it's just really cool. Um, and, but I'm also like keeping an eye on its value. It costs $20 just for the single card. Um, but it, it skyrocketed in value because this uh this project tops 2020 got like really popular and at one point it was going for like thirty five hundred dollars and um to me it was still more valuable to have the card because i thought it was just like a cool thing um then that was sort of like a market overreaction but now it's like going for like a thousand dollars on ebay and so i think that there's something interesting going on here and i'm sort of uh tempted to get into the game of like speculating on cards um, and I'm actually not a sports fan. Like I, I was going to say no sports at all, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's something intriguing about trying to, um, you know, play in this, uh, sort of, are you going to become a hype beast? sort of thing? <laughs> I don't think so, I'm going to become a hype beast. I think that's a different thing. Isn't that? No, I mean, it sounds very similar to like, so like exclusive releases of Jordans or exclusive releases of Supreme, mm, anything, right. Thing. There's actually For a hype, theory. I think, I think it's let's like um, unintentional or like intentional scarcity. Um, That's actually exactly what they're doing because yeah. the lack of scarcity is what tanked the sports card market in the uh, mid nineties or early nineties. You're a hype beast. <laughs> the, uh, I wonder. I wonder if a company like Tops will release it with scarcity on purpose, but then hold supreme. a few pieces of inventory back so then they can resell them add a secondary market value later on for more money. Well, isn't that what they're doing is that they're only available for 48 hours so only? They're only available for 48 hours. So like, so this one um, that That's I have, this is the Tyson Beck Dwight Gooden and it had a print run of like 1,065. So like there's only, you know, like a thousand of these in existence. I have one of them. And the later cards in this series are selling like hundreds of thousands. And so I think by introducing the scarcity on this like mm-hmm. slow drip release has been just like super smart on their part. Um, I have no idea if this is going to be uh, what the long-term effects of this could be. Will this thing become more valuable? I don't know. Again, right now it's still more valuable to me to just have it. Cause I think it's really cool. Um, but if I could, you know, pay for my son's college tuition um, with it, then, you know, then I, then I might, um, so, so I'm, I'm for it, but for a slightly different reason than you guys. Um, anything else you guys want to add on trading cards? No. All right, cool. Uh, now it's time to play our instant review. Uh, how did we do today? Courtney, I'd like to start with you. I'm, I'm just so in love with the partnership that you and I had, Mike McFadden, uh, knowing what the <laughs> truth is. 
behind the marketing of Ford. Um, you guys are I'm fools. embarrassed. I'm embarrassed it, for them. <laughs> I'm Honest embarrassed that you guys are tricked by the by the news media's mainstream media. <laughs> but it's it's fun to not only talk about like nostalgia with our nostalgic friends, but also to get into these like kind of not heated like arguments, but like this very like passionate type of topic and to suss it out with your friends. I thought it was a blast as usual. Yeah, I think Thanks for having me again. that's a good that's a good takeaway is that I, I have a feeling that the best part of this episode is going to be when we were yelling at each other <laughs> over Ford's that's decision the, to clearly market the, the release of the Broncos. Or not at all. Um, so I think maybe in the future, we should try to find polarizing topics amongst ourselves. Yeah. Um, when we're all like, yeah, I'm for that. I'm for that. I'm well, for that's that. easy if you guys choose topics where you're just what? wrong, then fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's coming back. <laughs> Mike, what would you think? Uh, yeah, this this felt like um, uh, a different energy, felt like a, um, a sports talk radio where people are yelling <laughs> over each other. So it may not, have, it's not exactly probably the best audio quality, but I had a lot of fun. We'll have to it. listen back and find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Because, yeah, I'm I definitely sorry talked over you a few times. Um, <laughs> But I think uh, it was a different energy, a different thing, and yeah, definitely something to explore. And I had a ton of fun doing it. So thanks again. All right, good, Robbie. What'd you think? Yeah, I, uh, as I usually have my caveat, I'm not sure how it will sound on the other end as a listener, but I had fun. I think uh, fun rating was probably an eight. And Whoa, is that the I, same I, scale? Is that the same scale as the Rob Silver scale? Because we've never well, had. Well, no. Fun so rating. then I was gonna say. Then I was gonna say <laughs> as a listener. It might not come off that way. It might be like a 6.5. Fine. <laughs> it only goes but up to seven, so don't feel we bad won't for know. me. We won't know until we actually listen. The worst we've ever gotten was a four, so. Oh, God. <laughs> 6.5 is <so> pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, This was episode number eight, as we mentioned last time and every time before. These shows don't take a whole lot of time to produce, but it's way easier to not do them. If you'd like us to keep putting out content, please let us know. Your encouragement makes it way more likely that we will. Specifically, we'd like you to leave a review. We'd like to thank uh, Mike's uncle, um, Prog Dog (laughs) X, for leaving one on iTunes. Uh, We have 10 five-star ratings. Um, We'd like to see more. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell a friend about the show and write a review. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and still this week, TikTok. Uh, Our handle is at for or against pod. Catch you next time. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against.